Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. What happened to Carolyn Harper? Part suburban nightmare, part neon-soaked teenage fever dream, this tantalizing mystery traces the wave of fear and distrust that spreads across a small Midwestern town in the wake of the high school's high school girl's mysterious disappearance. As the loneliness and darkness lurk beneath the veneer of everyday life gradually comes to light, a collective awakening seems to overcome the town's teenage girls, gathering in force until it can no longer be contained. And that is the backstory behind this terrific new narrative film called Knives and Skins. And we're joined today by the director and the writer of the film. That would be Jennifer Reeder. Jennifer, welcome to Film School Radio. Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. This is such a fascinating film, and it's so it's interesting on so many different levels. And we'll get to as many as possible in our <laughs> in our conversation. But tell me a little bit about sort of the evolution of the stories behind Knives and Skin. So, on the one hand, Knives and Skin is thematically related to a group of short films I have made in the past five or six years, which are all available on my um, Vimeo page under Jennifer Reeders, and if anyone's kind of curious about, um, you know, what came before Knives and Skin. Uh, So, I've been dealing with, you know, for instance, themes of um, coming of age, coming of age as a lifelong process, coping with trauma, um, loss, you know... (laughs) Scenes with singing, floating, <laughs> floating objects. I mean, all of that will make sense once you see either the short films or, or, or Knives and Skin. But I had been working out some themes both in terms of the actual story and the visual story in the visual language, for instance, um, over a series of, of, um, of short films. And I hadn't thought about, you know, turning those themes necessarily into a feature length. So I don't mean to suggest that the short films are somehow a shorter version of, of Knives and Skin. Uh, the short films are their own entity, and Knives and Skin is its own entity as well. Uh, but I was driving uh, through Ohio to see my mother along, you know, this very kind of rural two-lane road, of which there are many in the Midwest. <clears throat> and um, I just had this vision. It wasn't an actual. It wasn't actually happening. It was just something I was imagining driving along this road, um, these, this kind of group, two or three sort of goth punk girls kind of walking along this road, you know, heading to school, heading home from school, going to band practice, going to another friend's house, or just simply walking to pass the time. Um, and that sort of vision of a figure, you know, at odds with their ground, so to speak, just felt like a really perfect kind of visual analogy for Um, not just adolescents, but really anybody at a kind of crossroads in their life. I mean, certainly um, if we've, if, you know, anyone who's experienced that, you don't feel comfortable in your own skin, but you certainly don't feel comfortable kind of, you know, in the world that is, that is surrounding you. So I really thought, hmm, like, who are these three girls um, and what is about to happen to them that will change their lives forever? And literally from there, you know, slowly but surely, the whole story for Knives and Skin sort of spiraled um, outward, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and in a way, that's why we have, you know, so many, um, so many 
characters because it started out with, with this, like, you know, this trifecta of, of misfit girls. And, um, you know, they needed parents and peers and teachers, et cetera. Um, and then they needed a whole sort of like the, the kind of landscape itself, which in Knives and Skin I consider um, an additional, you know, character in the film. As we alluded to in the um, in the introduction, uh, Carolyn Harper has disappeared, and so so while people are looking for her, but it's the it is in the in the context of her disappearance that we start to see these these relationships between the different different students, as well as the the adults and then the authorities who are looking into what happened to her and there's this certain amount of awkwardness in the film that comes from either well a number of different ways that it sort of in my mind sort of unfolds but some of it has to do with this unusual maybe a usual dynamic but at least it's explored in the film where you have Adults who behave like children and children who behave like adults. And this and and then so this and then there's also this sort of the this seriousness of this disappearance of this woman with this cynicism. There's a lot of different things going on. And I I guess what I'm trying to get to is the film is constantly presenting you with things that are sort of jarring and disorienting in Mm -hmm. what you normally assume to be the case of what would normally unfold. I hope I'm doing some justice to this and I'm not just rambling. Does it sound like part of what you were, you were going for in the film uh, knives and skins? Absolutely. And again, it's like some of that kind of awkwardness and the sort of the way that scenes kind of take a, a dramatic, you know, kind of U-turn or even loop de loop, let's say um, again, are, you know, that's so that's like a, a strategy that I've, um, that I have kind of worked out and vetted over a whole bunch of, of short films. You know, I mean, it really is, um, Knives and Skin is really it, totally indicative of how I write a story, how I write dialogue, how I write characters, how I, you know, how I um, stretch out their arcs, etc. I mean, Knives and Skin is exactly the film that I, that I set out to make. And a friend of mine, you know, told me a couple of years ago, I mean, based on the short films, he said that my films don't have round, round edges. And I, <laughs> you know, he, English is not his first language. So I, I needed him to explain more. And he explained it perfectly in the sense that, <clears throat> you know, that just as you described that, you know, scenes and sequences and whole, whole kind of acts, um, in this film or, or even something as small as, you know, one beat of dialogue from another, you know, can shift pretty dramatically, um, both in a kind of emotional and you know, emotional temperature um, or even in terms of the, the visual language. And, um, you know, that's really that's really purposeful. I mean, I wanted the film itself, which on the one hand has lots of humor. <clears throat> I would say even sometimes it's kind of absurd humor, but humor um, <clears throat> You know, I wanted the film itself to um, to feel um, to feel uneasy. You know, I mean, I don't yeah. want an audience to 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 feel frustrated or or storm out. You know, but I do. But I did. But I wanted the film to have a to to feel as kind of unknowable um, as adolescence is on one on the one hand. You know, if you're yeah. an adolescent, you know, every day. Um, you know, you are experiencing, you are potentially experiencing something new. I mean, 
certainly that should be the case as us for adults. You know, we should wake up every day and think today is a brand new day. Let's, you know, something new should happen to me today. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of adults get stuck in these kind of cycles of destruction, which is where we're seeing the adults in the in knives and skin. Um, so this film itself, you know, because the film itself is also kind of experiencing the trauma of, you know, of a missing teenager. Um, the film itself is sort of experiencing, you know, kind of like new moments, um, uh, you know, from from scene from scene to scene. I mean, the, the film itself is in a way experiencing a kind of um, a kind of a coming of age. And that's all very purposeful. I mean, I don't mean to yeah. suggest that somehow that's um, accidental. I mean, the way that I write scenes, um, I, I, I go into a scene very much knowing that each scene will have some kind of a punchline. When I use that term, I don't mean some kind of a humorous break, but I do mean some kind of moment where the where the whole scene shifts. Yeah. And sometimes that's a very dramatic shift, and sometimes it's a really subtle shift. But it really is, you know, the way that my I can't move on from a I I don't call a scene finished in terms of the script writing moment until I know where that shift in that in this in the scene is. And I know that for some people. Um, you know, who have experienced this film, it's really not for them. Those those shifts are disruptions and they really lose their footing in the film. You know, they can't kind of, they can't um, kind of reorient themselves, you know, to the map of the plot. Right. For other people, you know, perhaps like yourself, I mean, it, it they are, you know, they kind of buckle in and they're along for the ride. And I feel like if you really go into this film buckled in along for the ride, you will love it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I want to let our listeners know that the film is opening here in Los Angeles this Friday, December 6th, today, December 6th, at the Arena Cine Lounge in Hollywood. The film, again, I mean, there's, there's, and I'm sure you have heard, sort of a lynching care, uh, uh, feel to it in uh, that uh, the, the, just the, the, as I said, sort of disorienting nature of it that reminds me, if, if I think if people think of that opening scene in Blue Velvet where there's the parade through the middle of town and mm-hmm. the camera follows the fire truck and all that, and then at the very end of that little scene, the, the camera dives down into the grass and you see all mm-hmm. the, the insects fighting and going crazy and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. This is a film that is in many ways reminds me of that and how sort of this veneer and beneath this veneer are a whole bunch of very savvy, smart teenagers who know what's going on and a whole lot of other people who are pretending to play a kind of a role in their lives that yeah. is supposed to be, that's what they're supposed to do. And right. out of that dynamic comes a very interesting, fascinating, and and also a challenging film in the sense of challenging your perceptions of old, older people agency among younger people all of it and women especially this is a film about women and how dynamic and diverse they can be given the opportunity in your film and that they do get that opportunity i hope i've characterized that correctly yeah for sure i would say that you know for everything that we've sort of described it as so far it really is a film that suggests that female friendship is or is a strategy for survival. Um, And, you know, even though it's a film that, you know, at its core, um, you know, revolves um, around a missing teenage girl, it's still a film about um, female empowerment. And for me, you know, you know, if women are empowered, we are all empowered, you know, and the men in this film, I think, you know, absolutely benefit from the women in their lives around them who are rising to the occasion, you know, of the of the of their lives. Yeah. 
Well, Jennifer Reeder, thank you so very much for the film, Knives and Skin. And uh, again, you can see it at the Arena Cine Lounge this today, Friday, uh, December 6th. And uh, we'll look forward to your future work. I really uh, hope that uh, you can find some time to come back and join us when something else is ready for the world. So I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, Mike I, I, Mike, I would love that. I love talking to you, and I really love fast-forwarding to the cosplay sing-along screenings of, of Knives and Skin. I'd like to try and make that happen. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That truly does. Oh, well, thank you, Jennifer, so much for being here. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.